What's up, everyone? This is Goldilocks, former TNA backstage interviewer, manager, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line podcast. Thanks for being here. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 171 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Tong Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are just a few days away from hard justice on May 15th. Jarrett Styles with Tito Ortiz as the special enforcer. I might go on a little bit of a rant for that in a minute. But on this edition of Impact, the May 13th edition, we have one match that's announced, and it might, who knows, it might take up the whole show. It is a preview of the Gauntlet for the Gold. Now, at Hard Justice, it is going to be 20 men. And on this week's episode, it's only going to be 10, because it's a preview. Uh, I believe we only know that Saban and Michael Shane are in both. Uh, yes, and we know that they mentioned Abyss was going to be in the gauntlet for the gold. Will Both he be? of them or just the pay-per-view? I don't know if they really said, but I would assume, I'm assuming, so, because remember, whoever wins the end of this preview gauntlet enters last in gauntlet for the gold, and the first person eliminated enters number one. So I'm assuming, I'm going to say most, if not all of the people in the preview are probably going to be in the pay-per-view one yeah that's what i was yeah that's what i would kind of i'm assuming yeah um so yeah the the main attraction for the main event i guess you could just say for um hard justice is in fact just um styles and jared with tito as a special enforcer and this is another situation here where i've been thinking about and I don't know if I like Tito as the special enforcer because a special enforcer usually involves a feud between guys that's been going on for a long time, right. consecutive months. And AJ, prior to this match, was primarily in the uh, X Division. And I I understand that you know he beat AJ. There's history with uh, with Jared and all that, and that's fine. But to me, a special enforcer would be like, oh hey, this guy's been tr- you know been trying to avoid his opponent, and like, mm-hmm. and I understand. And I guess you know Jared has been cheating to win um, against Time Dallas Page, Kevin Nash, and whoever else in recent months but right but i don't know if they've really given that as the reason of why he's the special enforcer in this case i Unless... feel like i feel like they've just been acting like this is the first time that styles and jared are wrestling they're acting like that and i obviously i think you mentioned it on our last episode where i mean we're longtime fans right we've been watching since day one and we know that's not the case 
We know that he's beaten Jarrett. We know he's been champion. Uh, it's kind of weird. It's like a weird um, situation because they're definitely hyping it up like, oh, yeah, you guys have been wanting AJ Styles to fight Jeff Jarrett, which isn't necessarily true at this point in time. No, like I completely random. I mean, even the setup with Abyss was random. He was walking past a pickup truck. Dude. I mean, and Abyss yeah, was on. intimidating women, and then AJ was like, okay, let's fight, and let's put your number one contendership on the line. Like, the storytelling there to set it up is just weak. Yeah. I was actually, it, it's interesting because, like, I definitely want to see Styles, like, I feel like in the X Division at this point uh, in time. But he almost feels like he's better than the X Division, but, like, not quite, like, heavyweight title pitcher. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, so it kind of puts him in a, like a really weird place. And I think that's why we kind of see him jump between both divisions so consistently throughout this time. I think this is a prime example of TNA needing a secondary title that's not the X Division title. Yeah, we won't get that for years. Right. And the thing, like, they don't have an intercontinental championship level oh. belt. So, no, and I think, I, I I think you're right. It, if if they were to introduce a version of their intercontinental title, AJ should be that first guy to hold it to give it credibility. He's yeah be in that in that limbo area, but now he's in a limbo area of like, what do we do with him? You right, know? and it's like, well, I guess this week he can fight for the title. And now we've heard the rumors and everything, and we're going to talk about him more um, before we get into the show too again. I think, but are we going to take the title off Jarrett and is AJ Styles the guy we want to do that? Or we, I mean, he was just X division champion. Um, you know, it's just kind of, it's a really weird, weird juggle. Yeah. I feel as if, um, maybe if they had turned Mountie Brown, I feel like that would be a better fit to have Tito as a special I was, dude. because it's so much more recent between Jared and Brown and Jared cheated on impact to defeat him. And I believe, yeah, at the pay-per-view too, that they fought at. Yeah. He cheated to win as well. So I there's think, recent history there. And for the FSN fan base, if that is your primary target, I mean, it's the most familiar guy you're going to have. I think that makes so much sense. I mean, you could have had Brown turn at him at lockdown, which would have been perfect because they were already together for a little bit before that. So it's not like it's fully wasted. It's part of the story, right? He wanted his shot. Jarrett refuses to give it to him or, you know, whatever. So he turns on him. It's like, so then we lead to this dude. That makes so much more sense. And it makes you wonder with these rumors of, you know, this contract coming up soon, which once again, it's something we're going to keep talking about in coming weeks is again, more and more. Is it the same thing as Raven with Raven didn't get the title um, way back in 2003 or whatever it was. And, um, because he was like his contract situation and they were like, well, we probably shouldn't put the title on him. Is it the same situation? He doesn't want to resign right now. So that's maybe why they're sour on him potentially being the guy to take it off of Jarrett. Well, you know, so here's, so they were together. They got, they formed an alliance at destination X, right? Right. So that was, there's six impacts, I believe between. So that was March. So yeah, it'd be just about a month and a half. Yeah, they've been aligned. So let's say that Mountie Brown doesn't get pinned at Impact. Like, let's say it's the Outlaw, which it probably should have been. Or if you have 
Jared get pinned. It doesn't matter. I just feel like Monty Brown was the worst option of the three. But yeah, I agree. Let's say that on the following impact, there's a segment between all the heels that are in that group, Jared, Outlaw, Brown, whatever. And Monty Brown's like, Jared, I helped you out, and you told me I'd get a shot in 30 days. It's yeah. been 30 days. I want my shot. And Jared tried to push it, push it off, push it off. And then Dusty Rhodes can come out and be like, well, Monty Brown signed the contract. Like, it's it's happening at, you know, at uh, Hard Justice. And then right there, you just turn on Monty Brown. You have Jared and Awa beat him down. Jared being like, I can't be or whatever. Like, yo, he'll, you he'll get the sympathy because they're beating his ass. Yeah. And then like Monty Brown. And then you can just be like Dusty Rhodes and they can be like, well, you know what? It's funny how it's two on one. Because at hard justice, I'm going to even the odds with a special enforcer, Tito fucking Ortiz. And if you don't think that Billy Gunn, the outlaw, if he were to get involved, he wouldn't sell a right hand punch from Tito Ortiz like a million bucks. You know he would. Yeah, he would. <laughs> You'd tell so there you th- th- just do that. You know, Tito can be impartial, but once Outlaw gets involved, just deck him. Monty Brown does the pounce, you know, one, two, three, and we got our champion. Yeah, I Which is what we've wanted sense. for six months now. Yeah, Monty Brown has deserved the title for a long time at this point, and this does kind of seem like the perfect opportunity to do that. And so it's pretty unfortunate that um He's not the one who's getting a shot. And who knows if he's actually going to get a shot. I don't know. I, I I honestly don't remember off the top of my head how much longer we see Monty Brown. I think we have some time still. but Monty regard- Brown is here for a while longer. I want to say, I don't know, I'm guessing. And I, here's the thing. I've reviewed the impacts from 2006. So I should know this. I want to say he's there through most of 2006. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know I that. I believe so. I believe so. I want his... Yeah, because he doesn't go to ECW until 2007. Oh, uh, no, you're, you're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, so we got, hey, we got plenty of time left. Okay. We have more than I, I thought we did, um, which is good. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, oh, but... He has a lot more matches in WWE than I thought he did. Yeah, well, how long is he there for? WWE. Uh, through June 07. So he's there, what, January? Well, let's see when his first match was. Yeah, first match is January 16th. And guess who he fights? Cassidy Riley. Huh, no kidding. Well, he's probably familiar with him. So that... Right. And then it, this is kind of interesting. Just fun. Fun facts. Looking into the future. You know, 18 years ago, guys. It's not spoilers. Okay, we all know what happened. Uh his second match was at a house show and he defeated CM Punk. And mm-hmm. I, I say that for fun because his final wrestling match at all, I believe, uh, he loses to CM Punk on ECW. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's his last match, 2000, June 19, 2007. He hasn't wrestled since. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, which is. Uh, yeah, really crazy. And unfortunate, because I really like him. No, yeah, he's great. But yeah, so it'll, it, um, I wonder, yeah, I, I hope they do play into that, uh, and have some kind of conclusion with Nani Brown. 
but you know what? With this turmoil potentially with the networks, I could see TNA ignoring things. Like if they, you know, if they have to wait till October to get on Spike, that could be their their way of being like resetting. I was just gonna say, are we about to see like a little soft WCW 2000 reset coming up soon? Uh, you never know. Hmm. You never. That's know. really interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. Wow, that's like super interesting to me. Good thing we're only what, what five months away from that. Well, Four. specifically for that for that part, yeah. but. Yeah. Even in coming weeks, I'm curious what's going to happen, but we'll we'll address as we get closer, of course. Um, you know what? I'm I'm going to throw this out here. I think Monty Brown's going to win Gauntlet for the gold. Oh shit! Okay. I think he's going to win it at Hard Justice. I don't know if he's in it. I think he's going to win it. Um, I'm I'll second that because I want I want that to be the case. I want him to win that, and then he can fight at the next pay per view. No, this is what I want. I want him to oh. win it. And I feel like Gauntlet for the Gold is kind of like some level like money in the bank, right? Like you don't have to use it. I would say, yeah. I'd say it's okay. similar. So I would want, let's say AJ wins the title at Hard Justice, right? I don't want Monty Brown to use that. I would want him to wait for when Jeff Jarrett wins it again. Mm. And then be like, Jeff, you never gave me my title match. And if I'm going to win the title, I'm going to beat you. I think yeah. And then on the first episode on Spike potentially, Monty Brown wins the title. Dude, there we go. (laughs) See you later, Millionaires Club. Yeah, this is the new blood. Even though everybody in the new blood is in their forties and they've been on TV for the last decade, but okay, who cares? (laughs) Brian Knobs in the new blood. I love it. I honestly don't remember him being in the new blood. Well, here's the thing. I don't think he ever actually has a match, but he's in the ring. Oh, he's like in the ring during the yeah, because oh, he's the okay. hardcore champion. And oh, they take shit. all the belts away, and he gives it up. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. But he's in the ring aligned with the new blood. And they're like, all these guys have been held back. And it's like, fuck, I'm the nasty boy. The nasty boy's held back, are we sure? Uh, and yeah. it's what? It's like four of them in the Millionaire's Club at that point? Or something, <laughs> yeah, isn't it's, it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, like it's, it's Hogan Sting, Sid. Kevin Nash. Right. Nash, Flair, so there's like five. Five. DDP, I don't know if I said DDP. No, there's yeah, five. DDP, yeah. Five, there's like six. five or six guys, and then there's like 43 new blood guys. Or isn't, do they consider Goldberg part of that at that point? Goldberg's not there. Oh, he's, he's not there. Oh, he's injured, okay. That's what right. I couldn't remember. So, yeah, the the T, okay, this doesn't really matter. I'll just talk about it. <laughs> Eventually, we're going to do a WCW 2000 uh, retrospective Spo- podcast. And, spoiler alert. Something. But so, yeah, he's hurt. And then it's like a tease that he's on the Millionaires Club side. But at Great American Bash 2000, Goldberg comes back, attacks Nash in the main event. Oh, yeah. And then Swerve Bro, Goldberg's New Blood. Dude, yeah, that's right. I remember. Which that. like goes against everything that the New Blood was, which he's is already... literally a millionaire. He's <laughs> come on. He's... Exactly. He makes like, the most money in the company. Like, what are we talking about? Silly shit, man. That's yeah, good and, he, stuff. and then he like beats up Jim Duggan and like punches his kidneys that he had cancer. Oh yeah, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, because he, then he's like a bad guy. Yeah, but then what's horrible is like the fans are cheering that they want <laughs> so Goldberg to bad. be a badass and like it hurt people. So bad. Oh man, they weren't good at reading the room. No, they weren't. Um, 
Okay, Bob, I have some stuff uh, I can't wait to get into. I'm going to blow your fucking mind in some of this new stuff to begin the show here today. Looking forward to it. I, uh, I always love the news. Dude, there's some real... This week... Somebody usually is getting is fired. Awesome. Uh, but before that, let's talk about what happened last week really quickly. Um, and then we will get into the fun stuff. So on the May 6th, 2005 episode of Impact, let's just run down the card real quick here. Uh, we saw Abyss defeat Cassidy Riley in 2 minutes, 4 seconds. Shocker defeated Sanjay Dutt in 8 minutes and 7 seconds. I knew that one was a long one. It's kind of interesting because usually Impact matches don't go that long. Uh, Conan was going to face the Outlaw, and that went to a no contest in about a minute and 33 seconds after a vicious chair shot to the head the match got thrown out um it was pretty pretty chaotic and it was really good i was actually i'm i don't know why i'm invested in the outlaw conan thing but i am yeah i don't know what's up with that either it's like one of those stories where it's like damn it i kind of don't know what's gonna keep happening here uh and then in the main event we saw chris saban who had tracy ringside and they smooched about three times on the way to the ring uh he defeated michael shane who has trinity on his side in 15 minutes and six seconds and after the match there was a beatdown, um, and they they kind of beat the crap out of uh, uh, Chris Saban. Um, I don't think there was um, really many like segments and stuff like that that went down. Um, it was very much match based kind of thing. We saw the promo. We saw the promo about Tito Ortiz being hyped up about seventeen times. We do have an interview on, on today's show that we'll hear. Um, it is noted here in the Observer that Conan being injured, um, he's actually not going to be back for uh, more than a month uh, due to Triple Mania and other AAA commitments. So that was kind of that write-off um, with the injury angle there with the chair shot, which is pretty interesting. So thanks for that. We won't be seeing him throwing chairs. Which is unfortunate because even Dave notes here, the biggest pop of biggest pop was the shoe spot. Uh, which uh, saw the crowd hold up their shoes. So, I mean, everyone was just... And there's time up by match, but, you know, not that much happened. Uh, but people were freaking loving the shoe spot. Um, one more uh, quick follow-up that um, I was going to bring on this show because I just think it makes more sense than last week. Uh, Monty Brown was not used at this set of tapings. Mm. Uh, so, spoiler, we're not going to see Monty Brown today. Um, and he wasn't there the day of the show uh, and that's because of the contract issue that's been going on and his contract expires at the end of july so give or take a few weeks and they offered him a new deal and pressured him to sign but he wouldn't sign it uh, because he's interested in what kind of offer he can get from wwe um, apparently a tape of him has been sent to triple h at this point um, so he's in no hurry to sign this new contract and so they took him off television because he won't sign it <laughs> So we'll see um, how that develops, if that kind of keeps going or not. That's really weird. So I, I would assume we, uh, well, you know what? Do they do something similar to like Abyss when he was gone for like a month and he does like a surprise? And they act like everyone's supposed to know. And... Right. Well, he wasn't, he hasn't been with the company for the last month. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, okay. Let's just. Let's just get let's just get to it, man. I got a heavy hitter to start us off here. So, just days before the Hard Justice pay per view, so literally as so this show is on the thirteenth. So just a few days prior, Friday the thirteenth. 
Friday the 13th. Um, Dusty Rhodes is officially removed as Booker of TNA. Holy shit, Friday the 13th. It's it's true. Nothing good yeah, happens on Friday the 13th. I know. Uh, it actually did happen a few days before, but um, okay. so it's, it's noted here. Uh, Rhodes officially resigned on May 10th um, when he showed up for a booking meeting in Nashville. He saw Jeremy Borash, Bill Banks, and Scott Demore there and was told by Dixie Carter uh, that they were going to book by committee from this point forward. Uh, according to sources close to Dusty, uh, they were told that they were going to sit down and put together the pay-per-view show uh, for May 15th and the subsequent, subsequent TV taping for the 17th. Uh, Rhodes said the decisions for both had already been done. Um, then they went to talk about the NWA title situation. Rhodes said there was nothing to discuss and that AJ Styles was going over for the championship at uh, Hard Justice, which, by the way, I just want to point out, Dave keeps calling it Final Justice in all of this write-up, which I think is funny. But uh, Dixie Carter said... He doesn't know the name of the show? No, he keeps calling it Final Justice. Is it because of the guillotines like confuse them? So he thinks it's like final. it's the it's the end. It's done. Could be. Uh, Dixie Carter said that they needed to debate the pros and cons of Styles as champion and rethink the decision. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rhodes supposedly said that he didn't have any problem with the booking committee, but felt some of the people on the committee didn't have enough product knowledge and he and shouldn't be there, and he wanted to be able to have a say in who was on it. He does say. Uh, it is said here, I should say, that Mike Tenay, who lives in Las Vegas, uh, he was not at the meeting, but he is believed to be a key person on the new committee. Uh, it's also noted that Jeff Jarrett won't be on the new committee, but he will have input, and Jeremy Borash is closely aligned with him. Uh, it's said that all major creative decisions will also have to be approved by an executive committee, which would likely be Dixie Carter and the new TNA CEO, Frank Dickerson, who we spoke of uh, in the past couple episodes. So this is pretty big news, man, and it keeps going here. So, Well, I'm confused at who, who he thinks doesn't have the product knowledge. It's got to be Bill Banks, right? I'm thinking it's Bill Banks, Dixie Carter, and Frank Dickerson. Yeah, but he's more concerned about who's on the committee. Well, right, I guess. But if they're the executive. So, yeah, it's got to be Bill Banks in, in that regard. I could see him potentially thinking this, that about Jeremy Borash, even though he's been involved in wrestling. He's not. Yeah, but product knowledge for, for TNA, he's been there since day one. Well, that's true. So, yeah, it's got to be Bill Banks. It's got to be Bill Banks. And, okay. and Demore's been there for two two years. Yeah. He, he know, every, he was, he's worked with everybody there. So, so I feel like that's got to be Bill Banks and referencing Carter and Dickerson, I, I'm assuming. If you're, I feel like if the committee was Borash, Tanay, Demore, and Dusty, it's probably it'd probably be better. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think Tanay would definitely have um, the best interest of, of TNA in mind. I don't. I think I think so too. Political side to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as noted here, uh, Dusty Rhodes' days have been numbered as booker for a variety of issues, and in the company's plan for a new committee. His name wasn't part of it. Uh, the plan is for Rhodes, who is under contract, to still remain on television as a character doing the director of authority role uh, with the same salary and perhaps even wrestling again, which. Oh, my no, God. thank you. No. Um, now, with the makeup of a new committee, it's doubtful that that would happen, except on rare occasion. No, so I, he, might not, he might not actually wrestle. Uh, but I found it interesting that. Uh, at least we're potentially going to still see him on TV as the director of authority. So 
Because when I first read this, I was like, oh, he's done. We're done seeing Dusty. This is it. But we might still see him for a little bit of time here. That's another thing. I have no idea how long we're going to see Dusty. I, I don't know either. I To me, it's not, I would think that Dusty would not want to be on TV if he's not the booker. Um, yeah. So, I, would I, mean, I would be too. shocked if he is still on television. And then if he's on television, let's say after Hard Justice, is it going to be explained on television? Like, is there any mention of like, oh, hey, by the way, Dusty's not here anymore because he's yeah. like, heavily featured. I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird thought. I'm definitely interested to see how it's going to develop here, but uh, we'll see. Um, so this keeps going a little bit too. Um, so Rhodes, uh, he had a few allies early, um, as Jerry Jarrett, who originally backed him, uh, had changed sides because Rhodes at first booked with little input from anyone and then wanted Jeff Jarrett to lose the title. Uh, that is something virtually everyone on all sides wants aside from Jeff and Jerry Jarrett, even though virtually everyone publicly pays lip service to Jeff as being a great champion and many do respect his ability in the ring privately. Virtually everyone agrees the fans don't want him as champion. They aren't buying pay-per-views to see him uh, to see him get beat, and the change is necessary. Uh, the constant argument then is always that there is nobody in the company who can play the traditional champion role well, because there is one great worker who can carry everyone, look like a champion, and do championship promos. Now, of course, the big issue here is Jeff owns a sizable part, uh, portion of the company. And it's unclear what his position is uh, this week as it pertains to the title. Obviously heading right toward this pay-per-view. So he has agreed to lose it, apparently. But complained that Styles, uh, about Styles, thinking that he's missing certain ingredients of a champion that a champion needs uh, because he's only 5'8 and his promos aren't there. Although it's said that Je- uh, Jeff Jarrett had uh, grudgingly agreed to do the job. And it is on the books at press time unless a decision change is made over the next few days that um, that's going to happen. Uh, Jarrett did agree to lose to Monty Brown, though, which I think we talked about last week. Right, which, but there has to be a turn and then a longer build. The whole thing, oh. right. Exactly. Um, Rhodes was not popular with most of the wrestlers, uh, some of whom had also suggested a committee to Dixie Carter. Uh, Dutch Mantel, who is was the head booker before Rhodes, was not put on the committee and is also unpopular with most of the wrestlers from his stint. Uh, Rhodes' days were clearly numbered when, even though he was against the idea, uh, though most in hindsight felt lockdown was a strong show, that the eight cage matches were forced on him. Uh, also forced on him was the ruling that his closest friends in the company, which was <laughs> Big Tilly and Bruno of Pi Delta Slam, <laughs> Could not be used any longer, as well as the company uh, souring on Dustin after that domestic violence arrest that we just talked about that happened two weeks before this. So it's a lot. So the whole AJ thing about like, oh, his size and his promos aren't there. Here's the thing. Jeff, you could make the argument that Jeff Jarrett is a undersized champion because his build height is six foot, which usually means he's probably 5'11". Right. Yeah. I mean, for at real. best, 5'11". So, and if you're looking at heavyweight champions like Hulk Hogan, you know, 6'6", six, six, whatever, you know, there's a lot of guys that are typically taller. 
uh, than right. six foot that are that's your champion. So that's a little kind of that's a little bizarre to me. That that's what he's going with. Uh, hey, hey, guys, he's shorter than me, uh, so I don't think he could be champion. I think that's a bit. Yeah, a bit it, it's weird stuff. Um, d- more interesting stuff kind of coming out of this too. Um, there's like I said, I mean, this is just one after another here, but um, Jerry Jarrett has apparently been trying to find a new financial backer. And it's believed to be the multimillionaire who apparently backed the disastrous Randy Savage rap CD, uh, which I find very fascinating. Um, he had come up at various times over the past few years as potential TNA backer. Uh, Jarrett was attempting to use him to buy out Bob Carter's majority interest, and the new backer would then put Jerry in full control. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's so that's like a weird thing too. So, um, okay, there. Okay, you're not gonna buy out a billionaire, right, Bob? Hart, <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. And then, what is what is? Do we know how much that he controls the Jarrets? It's not fifty fifty, is it? No, because I, I don't think it's fifty fifty. So let's say it's fifty one forty nine. Like Dixie has fifty one percent, and. And, they, and the Jarrett's at 49. And I, so, and I think it might be something like that. But I don't So know. let's say the, the Jarrett's are looking for another investor, which I think is insane when you have Panda Energy and they're a huge amount of money. So you're going to cut into your, your percentage mm-hmm. and as a result have even less of a say yeah. in your company. So like, let's say you get a company and you get you give them 20% at whatever rate. So then you're combined down to 29, which is about 14.5% each. So then basically you're just in the room to hang out. Yeah. Why not? At that point. Yeah, no. That's a stupid... That, just go to... I mean, Dixie has shown and will continue to show that she does not mind spending money right to get limited right. success yeah so, we'll, we'll be seeing that for years to come for years yeah yeah and you guys you you think ddp coming in is huge just fucking wait yeah yeah we got a we got a lot of more stuff up. yeah we got a lot more up our sleeves coming up soon yeah, nothing yet um it, it kind of to follow up on that too they kind of mentioned so since money's been tight and people being paid for two shows instead of three uh, when they did triple tapings, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, that's what's making people question the Carters long term. So there's just weird doubts there. And it brings up that $20 million loss that we've already discussed and blah, blah, blah. Um, so lots of fun stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But other things that are going to affect us here in the future money-wise is our TV deal. What's going on with our fucking TV deal? Well... They don't know yet either, but um, he. It's funny because every paragraph is. In addition, <laughs> there's been more talk. There's about, other transition words than in addition. Dave. He did it twice after the giant dusty stuff we just talked about. It's in addition twice, so it's just adding on. Dusty's gone. New financial backer. TV deal. <laughs> in addition. In addition. <laughs> in addition. Um, there has been more talk about. After the TVs in June, that the company but might potentially go dark for a few months, and then pick up on a new TV station. 
to get out of the deal with FSN, where the company pays thirty thousand dollars per week for time. How much? Thirty. Thirty thousand dollars. Uh, one of the items discussed is paying of talent. As things stand right now, with the company not running any shows, nobody would be getting paid. Uh, there may be exception to two people, though. I thought this was super interesting. And that would be, Bob, our favorite tag team, America's Most Wanted. Because Chris Harris and James Storm signed a contract with a weekly guarantee, so they earn the same amount of money whether they are booked on TV or not. Well, that's smart. Yeah, it is wicked smart. I found that fascinating. Wow. Wow. Okay. So when we're saying like they're trying, you know, the um, the budget or whatever, you're giving out a weekly guarantee. I mean, to a two guys that I would say deserve it. Deserve Abs- it. Right. Absolutely deserve it. It's um, just interesting. This is like, oh. Yeah. Didn't expect that one. That makes me feel like is if I'm booking the shows like i have to have them on the show in some capacity right to justify the guaranteed rate right right you would think you know if i'm chris harris and james storm in one week i'm not on tv that's just free money exactly which will probably happen i'm sure i'm sure it already has happened yeah so pretty that's that's pretty interesting do you think anybody anybody else has a guarantee I'm sure if my, if they re, if they were to resign AJ and Monty Brown, which is coming up, I think in like September, they would have to get a week. I was gonna day. say I wouldn't be surprised if AJ potentially already does. Um, I'm gonna say Abyss. He just recently resigned, technically. Oh, yeah. I feel like Abyss makes a lot of sense. Raven, maybe. I could see that being a thing. I would say Jeff Although, Hart, but I don't think they would see him reliable enough to even no. do that. No, he's definitely not reliable enough. Jared so. obviously has. He has like two guarantees as like a freaking right. engine. And... I'm going to say the only reason I'm going to say no to Raven is I feel like since he is one of the higher paid, higher paid TNA talent, I'll say, not like DDP who they've like brought in who's not under contract, I don't think, that I think maybe they wouldn't because he's he's got a higher rate anyways, or he did, at least at one point in time. Right. Yeah, I could see that. I I wonder how the weekly rate would go. Because, like, on the indies, I'm sure Raven's pulling in at least a thousand. At least. I, I mean, here again, I don't know the financials of being an indie promoter. Like, I just. No, but it always, like, fascinates me. It uh, For me as well. Because I'm telling you right now, I'd probably overpay every single guy. Because I could never go to a right. guy and be like, hey, can you do the show for, like, 50 bucks? Like, no. Which might be a good rate for a guy. It might be for some guys. Oh, if you're working a 15-minute match, if I gave you 50 bucks plus transportation, you're probably like, hey, I just made a pretty good amount of money for a night. Well, I don't right. know. But yeah. oh. I would have to assume Raven between five, 500 and 1,000. And maybe by 2005, it might have dipped. Like when he initially came in in 2003, he's probably yeah. raking it. But it might have dipped. Uh, so let's say like 750 right i don't see tna being like hey here's a weekly guarantee of 750 yeah for, that's what i, I mean don't, i don't see it right now yeah. but for james know. storm and chris harris i mean pay them up baby yeah um continuing on this um whole situation though the, the feeling is that um 
that it would lead to much of the talent. So if they went dark, this is what we're, we're talking about, like stop doing shows, would lead for much of the talent, particularly younger guys who aren't making much to begin with, that they would potentially look for an exit strategy. Um, of course, the majority of those in the company would have no other viable options. Um, so exactly how to handle it and the length have not been decided, or even if that will happen. Uh, just it is a good possibility that they may not be able to go directly from FSN to a new station. Now, it's pretty well clear with Spike. The earliest that they'd be getting on is October. We've been talking about this for a while now. TNA claimed in meetings with Spike that it could do a 2.0 rating on Monday night simply because of people switching back and forth with Raw. Uh, and Dave says, while that is double TNA's primetime average rating, uh, they didn't want to be in a situation where they're going to go head to head and losing 4.0 to 2.0. Uh, plus, due to how hard it is to sell advertising on wrestling, yeah. <laughs> a 2.0 isn't going to draw any more ad revenue than a regular show that does 1.0, which is what the average show on the station does, anyways. <laughs> that's that's insane. If you just switch our channel back and forth, 2.0. There's no, there's no way. 2.0. No way. There's no way. There is not. Okay, you you look at the uh, WWE fan in 2005, and you're looking at and you hear about TNA, and you're like, hey man. And this is like a diehard WWE fan, not a casual fan, not like an internet mark like myself, whatever. Like I'm at this point in time in my life in 2005, I'm following TNA because I like Raven and AJ Styles, whatever. But if I only knew WWE, right, and I would be like, hey, Dallas, you only know WWE. Here are some guys that are in there. Uh, Raven, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Jarrett, DDP, Kevin Nash. You would be like, what? This is like a mixture of Sunday Night Heat from 2002, 2003, and then also WCW guys that are in their mid-40s, and I know Jeff Jarrett's not in his 40s at this point. He's surprisingly still young. I think he's right. not even like not even 40 yet. And if he is, it's like he is 40. Like he's still pretty young. But like BDP is like in his late 40s. Kevin Nash is <laughs> late 40s. And you'd be like Monty Brown. And they'd probably be like, I don't even know who the hell Monty Brown is. And then you can list off all the X Division guys who are great. Chris Saban, Christopher Daniels, Michael Shane, Sanjay Dutt, whatever. And they're going to be like, who are these people? And right. then you look at a WWE roster on like Raw where you have Triple H, Benoit, Shawn Michaels, Kane, Edge. Like, it, you're not going to get a 2.0. You're not getting half of the audience. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just not going to happen. It's pretty interesting. Kurt <laughs> Angle. I mean, no. You're, you, they would be lucky to get a one. And I don't think they'd even get a one. And if you yeah. fast forward five years where they bring in arguably almost all the same people who are five years older. And, That's you know, they even get a couple of guys that are on the raw or SmackDown roster now, and they can't even get a one going head to head with raw. So I think it would have been hilarious if, TNA was like, hey, we can get a 2.0. And Spike's like, oh, fuck yeah, you guys can. Monday's yeah, at it. 9 or whatever, 8 o'clock. And then the next, the next day, the ratings come out and it's like, oh, hey, Raw got a 4.8. And 
and then impact out of 0.6. Or worse. And then like Spike would be like, what the fuck, dude? You guys didn't even get half of the two. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I like I like that they, they said that though. It was pretty That's funny. incredible. But that's like they're trying to sell themselves, you know? It doesn't mean they gotta tell the truth. You just gotta sell it a little bit. The only so like you look at the WCW formula, you know, they did Nitro, but they had Hogan for over a year before they did that. So anybody that knows Hogan, they got familiar with Hogan in WCW for a year, and they got familiar with everyone that was there. I'm sure a whole bunch of people had never seen Sting, had never seen Flair, although I know he was in WWF too prior to that, so maybe they did. But, you know, Steve Austin, Ricky Steve, all these guys vader you know they might not have ever seen them so the only way they get it too is if they could snatch a big name from WWE for that potential first episode right and by big name i mean like main event yeah it'd have to be not like oh hey i used to be the european champion no that's not <laughs> the true. european champion yeah oh hey, my man. god nick, nick dinsmore he's in the impact zone. Oh. it's like no that's not gonna really draw a number here yeah, you just reminded me about how um, I just watched Rebellion from 2023. Um, which, spoiler alert, we're recording this the day after. Um, and they're like, Santino Morella is making his in-ring return after nine years. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, who, who cares? Who gives a fuck? Oh, Team Believers, Team Dreamer. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and then I saw today that Tommy Dreamer's taking a step back from us now. Um, well, he did actually. He cut a promo. Apparently, his like mom is dying. And like, oh, so it's like a personal thing. Yeah, and he like cut the promo, and it was. I was like, um, I don't think I don't think he should be here. I don't think he should be wrestling tonight. <laughs> Is he like emo- I'm assuming he's probably. Uh, yeah, dude, it was like a, even tough to watch, and he had his whole team like with him, and it was just like. Was this oh, after the match? No, this is before. So he cuts this emotional promo and then has a hardcore war. Yeah. Yeah. Do that after. It was. Um, Did his team win? Yes. Okay. And I think he pinned. I'm pretty sure he pinned Bully Ray. So it was like. I mean, it came. It was yeah. Um, but I don't need to see them fight anymore. Um, people. Um, yeah, I, I didn't to s- need to see them fight in 1997. Right. Yeah, I hate to say it. Th- um, there was some good stuff on the show, but it was one of the first teen- or Impact shows in a while that I was just didn't have my full attention on. I was really kind of, it was kind of bummed me out. Well, you know what? When two of your main champions were both injured. That's what I was telling my yeah, friend. Kind of I said they literally didn't have their two main champions. Like how it's hard to get excited for a show that it's like two of your top names are not there. Right. But Deanna and Jordan fucking killed it in the main event. And I don't not a huge Macklin fan. Him and Kushida had a great match. Motor City Machine Guns versus uh, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and an Ultimate X for the tag titles. I mean, you can't really go wrong with that. Yeah, so, folks. Dude. Ultimate X number uh, probably a hundred. I think they said it was his. I'm pretty sure. Did they say it was his 18th one or something like that? Saban? Yeah, or something. It was like something like he's been in 18 of them. I'm pretty sure that was the number. I could be wrong about that. 
But I was like, holy shit. Could you imagine if it was like, oh, here's Triple H in his 23rd Hell in a Cell match? Yeah, great. That's what, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, that's, that's funny you say that, too, because I remember being a kid. It's like, yo, I got the, I got the Hell in a Cell DVD. Because at the time, there was like 10 of them. Right. And it's like, yo, this is cool. And now there's been so many Hell in a Cell. Now Cells. there's three in one night. Dude, and it's like, there's been like, what, 30 plus Hell in a Cells. It's like, it's not oh, as yeah. exciting anymore. <laughs> no, no. Especially when you name a pay-per-view Hell in a Cell and you know that they're like obligated to have a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. That's kind of lame. I've yeah. never liked that booking. Or then someone cracks their skull open and then they have to stop the homeless home match. Uh. Right, because we can't have blood in, in this. Although if you, it was pretty nasty. I get it. Anyways. No, I to... mean, I get it too. Yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I get it. But like, come on. They went a little extreme. Staple them and let's go. Let them bleed out a little. That's fine. Um, back to the back to the TV deal quick, because um, this kind of plays on the WGN part as well. And then I got two more like quick things, and then we're going to get into the show. We have plenty to talk about during the show, including a few uh, interviews. Uh, one with Shane Douglas, where he talks a lot about Chris Candido, um, AJ Styles interview, all sorts of stuff like that. So we'll talk about that during the show. Um, but so uh, it's said to be far more probable um, of the WGN deal in a Monday night time slot, probably at 9 p.m. Eastern. Now, if that is the case, though, the transition would be in June. It could be immediate. Monday night would be uh, better than Friday night and late Saturday night, but there, of course, are major weaknesses. Um, I think it's pretty obvious, and I think you and I would both agree it's not better, probably. But Monday is not better. No. Um, but I would say late Saturday. I mean, it seems to be doing best for them, even right now. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Um, so he, he, Dave notes here that the Monday night slot would almost surely not air in WGN's best city, which is Chicago, because uh, that's where their main place is, or at least not in prime time. Um, WGN is actually two different stations. There's the Chicago version of the station, which airs WB programming in prime time, and the outside Chicago cable station that is available in about 70% of the cable homes and our cable homes now in 57% of total homes. Uh, but that nobody watches. No one watches his channel, apparently. Um, now, if TNA signs a deal to go on Monday nights, head-to-head with Raw, or even in uh, even in prime time, the earliest that it would be able to air in Chicago is 11 p.m. If it is if it is to air in that city at all. So, 11 p.m., <laughs> if at all. <laughs> um, in addition, WGN has very limited exposure in New York, and those are two U.S. cities with the most wrestling fans. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had WGN when I was growing up. I've said it before. I feel like I, watched, I did too, but... I would watch Chicago Cubs games, and that was pretty much it. I would not watch anything else on WGN. Yeah, I didn't watch that, but I think... And I that was in the late 90s. So, you know what? I don't even know if I had WGN in 2009. <laughs> but in the, late, in the late 90s, I absolutely did. I remember watching Sammy Sosa a whole bunch. There you go. Um, that's hilarious that it wouldn't even air in the primary city right of the network isn't that ridiculous that's that's incredible that's the most tna tv station i've heard of like that sounds like their shit their kind of station because what the fuck is that about yeah no it's weird um two more quick things here and one of them is a lot more interesting than the other one but this is actually about a um a dusty roads interview which at this point probably should have read first but doesn't matter. Um, this was on the Wrestling Observer Live on May 8th. 
Um, and he put over how great a David Zahadi video on AJ Styles that we're going to see on today's show is. So apparently there's a really good AJ Styles video that we're going to see on today's show. Um, he said he's a hottie that they got from WWE. Yeah. Um, who has definitely improved a lot of other video packages we've seen. So I'm not doubting it, but I think it's funny. No, um, still, not, still not the uh, opening one. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't done that. But um, He also said that he's looking at bringing CM Punk in. Uh, who's to say back at this who? point? CM Punk. Dusty Rhodes. Oh, Dusty's saying it. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is, of course, before he's not book anymore, but... Um, now, regarding Punk, though, uh, he's scheduled uh, for some WWE dark matches and apparently has a huge ROH angle toward the latter part of the year that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he also reiterated his belief is that the company could... Uh, this Sorry, this is back to Dusty. He reiterated that the company could not be profitable unless its television situation changed. Um, he said it was his idea for Tito Ortiz, saying that after eight cage matches, you need to come up with something out of the box, which... Yeah, probably. Uh, He praised Ortiz for having natural charisma and said that they would do everything they could to make him happy when he comes next week, or in our case, two days, and want to continue work there. Um, And of course, um, they're thinking about doing things um, outside of being the main event of the pay-per-view as a referee, doing like tag team situations. And that was this talk with like the Ken Shamrock and all that kind of stuff that we've discussed. Uh, what Ortiz has not committed to anything else. And, um, of course, with Rhodes out as it states here, all of these plans that are talked about are potentially out of the window. Um, it's also noted that Rhodes is trying to sell both a movie and a TV sitcom. And the sitcom idea is for a show called Dusty's Place, where Dusty would play a retired ex-wrestler who owns a bar like Cheers. <laughs> and the... <laughs> So ridiculous. And the movie would be a combination horror, <laughs> horror movie and Friday Night Lights about a Texas town, which is football crazy. And there's a madman stalking people in the town. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Dusty's place. That's. Uh... Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, the CM Punk thing obviously um, doesn't happen. Right. Uh, and the Ring of Honor angle that he's talking about is obviously Summer of Punk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I believe around, yeah, by this point in 2005, he is no longer wearing basketball shorts and stuff. He actually looks like a star. And I don't know if I've said it before on here, but I was watching a NWA Cyberspace show because I'm one of those guys that watches shows that nobody else wants to watch. And uh, he's teaming up with Julio De Niro as like the gathering um, reunion type of thing. And he's he's tan. He looks fucking great. He out of everybody on the show, and there's TNA guys on there. You know, I think Daniels is on there on this show. And Punk looks like a star more than all of them. So I'm not surprised that the you know the tryout that he has coming up or whatever. Right. That they would be taking a look at him because he looks a lot more like a wrestling superstar um, with the change of look and everything than he had with basketball shorts on. Yeah. So. Uh, my final note before we get into the show is uh, I think this was pretty interesting. So the company got exposure on real life networks this past week 
So Tito Ortiz did a stint on Jimmy Kimmel on May 4th. I actually tried to look this up earlier quickly, and I, I didn't have luck at the time, but I'm just going to try again. Um, so it could have gone better, though, because Kimmel plugged the Hard Justice show. He said that it was on Fox Sports Net, which is not the case because it's a pay-per-view. Um, most of it was Ortiz talking about his acting roles in UFC. However, uh, we also, as we've heard on the show many times, Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, Abyss, and Don West, and Jeremy Borash, or Don West and Jeremy Borash as the announcers, we're on WB's Blue Collar TV on May 5th. Um, head up with the first 30 minutes of SmackDown. Um, they did saves for Jeff Foxworthy doing a hillbilly gimmick in a pro wrestling match. And Styles was called phenomenal several times. Uh, Jarrett had a lot of speaking segments, did two guitar shots, and called himself the NWA World Champion and King of the Mountain numerous times. And even cut a promo challenging Hogan, Sting, or Jeff Foxworthy to, to step up and try to get a title shot. So in case you were wondering how that went, that is what went down on Blue Collar TV. So I don't think it's a, that bad that um, Kimmel said it was on FSN. No, I mean, like their show it, is on FSN. Their, their show is, yeah. Just not but, Just not Hard Justice, yeah. But I did try to look that up because I was curious. But unfortunately, it was not as easy as I, I literally typed it in. And I was like, why is Tito Ortiz and Jimmy Kimmel not popping up? So I did see pictures. I just couldn't find a video, at least when I was looking very quickly earlier. I didn't. Um, I was doing it uh, after I was reading the notes with like five minutes left during my lunch break today. So that's how I was spending my lunch break, Bob. Reading TNA notes. It's good stuff. Love it. Love it. Okay. That is all I got uh, before we get into the show. We have plenty more to talk about during the show, but since we have a gauntlet preview, we will have plenty of time to talk about it. All right. Well, then it's that time. Let's get into the uh, May 13th, 2005 edition of TNA Impact. The approximate runtime for this is 44 minutes and 22 seconds. If you want to watch along with us, uh, head over to Impact Plus, or if it's in your own personal collection, that will work as well. I will count down from three, and when I say play, that is when we will start the show, the final show before Hard Justice. I don't know what. Dallas was just doing with his tongue. Final justice. Justice. He's sticking it out and wiggling it. Yeah, like a drunk guy at a bar trying to hit on a woman. Dusty's place. That's where I'm at. Oh, Dusty's place. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Bob, this is TNA. Sure is. Of professional wrestling. Jeff Jarrett's the only one worthy of being a champion. Well, we're going into a highlight package showing the uh, interview between Styles and Jarrett from last week. I didn't beat one man. I beat four men. Oh, look at this cool Jarrett video of him in flashing lights. Huntington Beach bad boy. I'm not afraid of him. You serious? You think I'm afraid of him? I'm the king of the mountain. He, Jerry is going to get knocked out. 1,000%. He has to be. I mean, do they even show clips of AJ beating him? Hmm. That's a good point. Oh, now we're showing, like, Styles Park. The music's changed. 
so far I'm only seeing like X Division stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah, show Mike today. Excuse me, I'm talking to the challenger. See, it's like him fighting like X Division guys. Yeah. And Raven, I guess. You're done talking. I mean, AJ doesn't even go like, hey, I beat you before. I have a feeling they purposely didn't do that. Wasn't wasn't Styles in the King of the Mountain match or no? I can't remember. So he's saying he beat four other people. The other four people would have been. That's what I'm wondering. It was Killings, Killings Harris. Harris. Okay, so there's five guys overall. Killings, Harris, Jared. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out without looking. Come on, looking Come it on. Up. we got this. We got this. I'm it, assuming Styles was in it. I'm pretty positive that AJ Styles was in that match. So but it would have been. It wasn't Raven though, was it? I don't think so. I don't think Raven was in that because he was feuding with Sabu. Right. It wasn't Monty Brown. Nope. I don't maybe think it, it was. was this. Maybe it was Raven. Hmm. 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 Not Jeff Hardy because he wasn't there yet. Oh. I'm looking it up. I'm embarrassed. I'm pretty sure that it was Raven. I think I think we've named them all. We're we getting know. our pyro here. Two minutes forty five seconds in. I mean, who else would have been in it in two thousand more than that was like the main five guys? Jarrett, Killing Styles, Raven Harris. Yeah, it was Raven. We did it. Yeah, we got it. That's right. Yeah, we freaking knew, guys. We knew. You guys doubted us? We knew the whole time. Yeah. We don't we forget shit here. Yes, we didn't forget fucking shit. Shit. Don't we even fucking forget think about shit. It. What's your fucking problem? We're talking about that uh, huge announcement about Tito Ortiz, of course. Speaking of huge announcements, Bob, Fox Sports back in New York on Time Warner Cable in the city. Oh, in the city. Okay. Breaking news. Breaking news. Right, um, so just another area where they won't watch Impact. Right. <laughs> um, actually, another actually, this is actually bigger news as they're still just talking here. Um, TNA actually inked a deal in uh, New Delhi, India, uh, based ESPN Star Sports. It's a three-year deal that will give the company exposure throughout Asia and, in particular, in India. Impact and Explosion will air weekly. Plus, they will have a third show, which will be the one-hour edited of early two-hour Wednesday night pay-per-view events. Uh, Impact started last week, and it airs three weeks behind the U.S. Which is, it sounds funny, but, like, this probably is the start of them. I mean, they got, they got big overseas, too, especially in India, with, sure. and ends up being Rocket King and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Here comes prime time. Oh, oh, look at these kicks. What an entrance. Say his name, prime time baby. Still acting like a baby face. Yeah, slapping hands and stuff. Say my name. Prime time, baby. Oh, I hate from <clears throat> Canada. Eric Young? I just read that Eric Young has been signed to WWE since November after he just left Impact recently. Yeah, and he hasn't been and he's into nothing. Yeah. Uh, we got a kind of a rare uh, you know, like skipper uh, indie date here. 
Oh, that is weird. Uh, not really rare, I guess, but he doesn't really pop up a whole lot. Uh, May 13th, he wrestled Tracy Smothers for NWA Russell Birmingham. Smothers winning that match by disqualification. Now, Russell Birmingham uh, has several shows on YouTube that have caught my eye. Uh, and there are plenty of impact guys that make appearances there. So maybe as part of the potential weeks where we don't have something to, t- to watch, we might have to watch some Russell uh, Birmingham. Russell Birmingham. Here comes Jeff Hardy, by the way. I have no idea what kind of match we're about to watch. I don't know either. Someone up with a chair. Which is, I guess, it's kind of ironic. He just returned to AEW and needed a chair, too. What the, What's up with this dude in chairs? Yeah, Thought how do you feel about the uh, million um, second chances for Jeff Hardy? I got a soft spot for Jeff Hardy, man. Um, so, it's, it's, it's interesting. He gets a lot of chances. I think that if he... If Tony Khan thinks he did what he had to do and has enough faith, I mean, I guess it is what it is. But I'm telling you right now, if I was a promoter, I probably would have stopped booking him uh, when he freaking was out of it for Victory Road 2011. I mean, that was really bad. Yeah, I, mean, I think I would be done. Who do you know in wrestling who has had as many chances as Jeff Hardy has? I feel like there is an answer to that. You do. I feel like there ha- there is there has to be right. I don't know. I can't think of anyone. I mean, look at what we're watching now, right? He's he's oh, kind of having no. I got Scott Hall. Ah, uh, he's had a lot. Scott Hall has had a lot, but see, uh, it's it sucks. It's bad to say. But Scott Hall did end up. On the better side of it, whereas Hardy still has had some bumps in the roads, and that's that's what happens, you know. That's Sometimes true. you fall off the wagon, you know yeah, what I mean. I did. I did. Um, I and and this isn't knocking anyone who has problems, but it, I mean, Hall wound up on the better side of this. Um, hopefully, Jeff Hardy is now. Uh, but it, I mean, it is it's very interesting to see. I mean, we're watching. Oh, okay, by the way, guys, this is a four way elimination match. I don't know why, but it is. Um. But it's interesting to see. I mean, we're hearing the stuff uh, here in 2005, even 2004, where he's like, oh, what? where's Jeff Hardy? I don't know. He's just not showing up yet. Why um, is Jeff Hardy in this match? Don't know what else to do with him. Now, remember, Bob, this is the third hour of our, our taping. Right. He's feuding with, uh, with Raven. And they're talking about that. Uh, there's one more indie note for this match uh, that's really worth our time here. May 13th, Christopher Daniels wrestled AJ Styles at Pro Wrestling Gorillas. Jason takes PWG, where AJ Styles is the current PWG champion, and they wrestled to a time limit draw for an hour. Holy shit. Uh, Eric Young just did a huge dive onto Elix Skipper, and here comes Jeff Hardy, who's about to launch himself off a chair and takes out both Elix Skipper and Eric Young. Uh, Tanae and Don West were just saying that this is the resurgence of Jeff Hardy in the past few months. I have to disagree with that because he hasn't really done anything. 
He beat Raven at lockdown. Like, not very long. Two weeks ago. That's about all he's done. Okay, Daniels about to jump out of the ring with the chair in his hand. He takes out two of them. Jeff Hardy said, fuck that. I am not being involved in that. Are they uh, are they going to transition Hardy to the X division? You think? Oh shit! That's why Raven's here because they needed, or sorry, why uh, Jeff Hardy's here because they needed Raven to come take him out of the match. Who's wearing a very weird tie dye shirt? Well, that fits his personality. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that explains why uh, Jeff Hardy was here. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I'm not surprised. What the fuck, Bob? There's an album promotion. Get right with the man. Van Zant comes out April April 10th. Or, what does it say? What is that about? Wait, it's past April. What the fuck? I messed my mind. May 10th? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. It done West goes. It reminds me. Get right with the man. Okay, yeah, so I see Raven. I just remember that there's a CD plug I got there. So does that mean Jeff Hardy's got to be eliminated then, right? Is that what they're saying? Yeah, they said we're going to get, we're going to figure out what's happening, but yeah. Let's see, we're going to commercial. They might mention it when we get back. We're back. Oh, shit. Eric Young got knocked right off the apron. Oh, wait. Jeff Hardy's out. He's been eliminated. He's been counted out. Um, How do you well, get counted out in a match where all four guys are going at it at the same time? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Um, I have some bad news for you. The hits keep coming on this episode, man. And this is a great match to talk about this because TNA TV wrestler Lex Levette has announced that he will be retiring from wrestling with his final match on June 10th at the Jeff Peterson Cup in Brandon, Florida against AJ Styles. Okay. Uh, what are the odds of that holding true? I'm gonna look it up. How long do you think if he does? Return I've never to heard of Lex Levette again. So <laughs> I'm gonna say that he that he definitely came back to Russell, and that his retirement lasted less than two years. Okay, I'm gonna say it lasted five. Okay. Well, Dallas. Um, oh, wait, you probably fucking watched one. <laughs> no. So he. <laughs> what month are we in? We're. <laughs> He said his last match was going to be June? June 10th. Okay. So that match does happen. Yeah. But it's not his last one, because by August... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. By August 12th, according to Cage Match, he's back wrestling. Holy shit. Now, he does appear to have a retirement from August 2006 until December 2012. Okay. So are we done seeing them? Are we going to see them? August 2007. I, don't know, I think I said 2000. August 2007 until December uh, 2012. Uh, and to answer your question, do we see him again in TNA? Is that your yeah. question? Yeah. Is he done? Um, no, he's not done. Okay, good, good. Um, Scott DeMora was just taken out, and now Eric Young, who is the legal man technically – was trying to check on him, and so Skipper's like, I'm going to get in instead. Um, kind of like the Lucha tag rules, where you can, like, once one guy's out of the ring, one guy can hop in. Yeah. This is very odd, dude. This is a weird match. 
Okay, knock him down again. Prime time with a buckshot lariat, kind of. Um, also, DDP just filmed a small independent film this past month called Splinter. Uh, what are your thoughts on Splinter? My favorite movie that DDP was in was called First Daughter, and it was on TBS. Oh, okay. Um, nice high kick. Uh, Spinter there. Okay. I'm pretty sure he, like, abducts the president's daughter. Yeah, that's how they got the Sarah storyline, where he's like a stalker. Maybe. I think I, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking about that. Skipper, belly to belly on Daniels here. Is he going to pin the X Division champion? Nope. That's a kick out. He would have had to take the spot of um, Shocker. We're at the one minute mark, by the way. Um, hey, I actually have a note yeah, about Christopher Daniels. Right. I have a note about Christopher Daniels. Um, Matt Hardy is going to be debuting in ROH on July 16th in Woodbridge, Connecticut against Christopher Daniels. And if you're wondering, yes, TNA is allowing its wrestlers to work back in the Ring of Honor now. Hmm. That's good. I know. I'm pumping out a bunch of random notes here. 30 seconds left in this match, Bob. I was right. First Daughter, it aired on TBS August 15th, 1999. So if you ever need to know what I was doing on August 15th, 1999, I was watching First Daughter on TBS. Look at these reversals. Counter, counter, counter. Skipper, sudden death. Boom. Hits it. Pin him. Eight seconds. He got it. Three seconds left. Wait. Oh, he's, he got him after the bell. Oh, no, he didn't. He's mad. I think they mistimed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Daniels is pissed. Wait. They're giving him the whoa, match. Whoa, whoa. No fucking way, dude. Are you no. serious? They're playing his music. No way. The referee is awfully close. It's coming. They were ringing the bell for like 15 seconds. Oh, baby. Skipper, shit. Skipper just pinned the X Division champion two days before he has to defend it against Shocker. And they're giving him the match. There's no way. What is this? Why are, they, why are we? Why are we? Oh, Shocker. What's the <laughs> they're showing it. Yeah, why are they showing? Oh, it's just it's showing the lockdown match. Wow, dude. That was messed up. Well, because what's funny is on cage match, it says it's a draw. <laughs> But it's clearly not a draw. Wow. That's so interesting. Wow, they fucked that up. That better be on the notes in two weeks. And Dave is like, well, so they mistimed that horribly. I didn't read it fully um, about it, but we'll actually, I, I've been liking the small paragraph he gives us about the show, and we'll read that before we watch Hard Justice. So we'll say that, then we'll watch Hard Justice, and gives us a fresh start the following week, so. So Elix has to be getting a title match. I mean, how do you not? It's on TV. He has to. And I'm going to, I don't know, dude. That was weird. A lot of weird stuff. I mean, think about it this too. Two weeks ago, the tag team title changed. We were a little short on time. We had to do impromptu interviews and stuff like that. Now on this show, we have a missed time finish where your champions pinned. Right. We just seen a shocker video still, by the way, um, which is really fun. I'm trying to see if there's anything fun I can tell you during this time. How weird, dude. Shocker. I've never heard of shocker before, which really shows you that I didn't watch Hard Justice 2005, I think. Yeah. 
I wonder wait. how if if he's oh oh wait they're saying about the match we're showing the replay again they're gonna reverse it you have to I mean it was tw- like 15 seconds look at this ready one and then yeah time limit draw okay okay good cover that's a good cover Now, I still think they mistimed it. They did. Now, I'm going to argue something here. It's a time limit draw. Every single time limit draw, a judge is supposed to pick a winner. That's true. And that's why I think they definitely fucked it up, because they're not having a judge pick a winner. That's an excellent point. Oh, is this the video they're talking about? This is about? the AJ Styles video, it must be. He's running. He's, he's running like he's Shawn Michaels for WrestleMania 12. There's We're already a, halfway into it, or else I'd repeat everything they're saying right now. It's Barry Scott, by the way, yeah. uh, who I love in yeah. TNA packages. Like today, Shane Douglas talking about him here. They're talking very highly of him. Jerry. Hey, Jerry. They're all saying the same thing. That he's. Oh, I have a note about that flip from Ultimate X in that interview. I guess I can read it during this because it's just a really, really good yeah. highlight package. Is he running in such a tight quarter? Jimmy Hart, dude. I'm wondering if those interviews are from the DVD because it's out at this point. They've, I've seen oh, people. I, open... I guarantee you they are. Smart. Um, so AJ Styles did an interview a while back, apparently on Wrestle Talk Radio. Um, let's see. So, uh, he, so he was recently, this is leading up to the birth of his son, which, uh, just happened. I think we said it last week saying the good news that with his current schedule, he'd be home about four days a week, every other week. Um, and it's beginning to spend a lot of time with his new offspring. Mm. Yeah. He said offspring. Um, he's not, so there's no way that's what that's referencing. Yeah. Um, I cut a lot of the mumbo-jumbo out of this, though, but he basically says that, um, yeah, he's not going. Sorry, I'm fascinated. This video is really good. Um, The question of going up there was brought up in this interview, and he claimed that he wasn't interested, saying there were too many guys there already, and he'd like to focus more on making TNA a better promotion. Plus, he said the fact that Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, uh, whom... He called two of the best workers in the company, were not champions, was asked backwards. He said WWE letting Matt Hardy go was stupid and that he'd hoped that TNA would reunite the Hardys. He also talked about the Ultimate X match with Chris Saban, Petey Williams. Uh, he said it was a last-minute decision to do the, quote, dropkick into the goofy flip, and that it was a good thing he didn't land, it didn't hit the rope because he would have landed right on his head. He also put over Christopher Daniels, saying that he was the best in the business and he didn't know where he'd be without him. He said that his first TNA song, Born and Raised, that's a throwback if you guys have been listening mm-hmm. to us for a while. He said it was awful. Uh, he said, for God's sake, I hated that music. Uh, he also says talks about how when he invented the Styles Clash that he tried it out on his brother, and he was glad his brother didn't do the stoop, do something stupid like Frankie Kazarian and get killed. Because <laughs> Remember, he um, 
nearly died. Uh, he outright said the idea of all cage matches in one night was stupid, but he thought that he and Abyss would make the most of it. He said if people wanted to see a night uh, where every person was fighting in the cage, they'd have bought UFC. And he says, quote, also, I have never heard anyone say TNA sucks. Well, I guess he will someday. He will someday. Um, this package is still going, and man, it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something as you were talking about all that, and I can't remember now. Oh, about uh, Benoit and Guerrero. They were just champions, like, last year. Well, since they're not anymore, though. You know what? And I'll tell you right now, if AJ Styles would have gone to OVW, Just to show you how much of a nerd I am, I think he would have had some hell of matches down there. I'm sure he would have. In front of 80 people in a mm-hmm. freaking place in Kentucky. Do you think in this point in time, if he Styles left here in, I don't know when his contract's up, a few months, whatever. Let's just pretend it's July. Okay, let's just, for the sake well, of Well, I it. thought they were saying, like, both him and Monty Brown was, like, September. It's, like, right before... Well, Jill, I think Monty Brown... Oh, wait, a few that started one year ago. Oh, this is the Naturals and uh, I okay. just wanted now. Okay, so we can keep talking. It's another video package. I like this. See, this is I talking about... I like this, about... too. You gotta give the history. Which, ironically, they didn't do for AJ and I know. Jared. Look at the Naturals and the cool lighting. I love, see, that's one thing that TNA has always done is like they use those clips of like the wrestlers and the cool lighting. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that. It makes these packages like, look how badass he is standing there with the cool lights. The only team in professional wrestling with a winning record over OD, uh, America's Most Wanted. That's pretty fascinating. That's true. They did have the upper hand on them for a while. So, what about Simon Diamond and Swinger? They're not here anymore. Yeah, but they're saying the only tag team. In the company. Oh, they said in the company. I think it said in TNA, didn't it? Their battles are legendary. We're seeing uh, that ladder match where they had to get their coats. That's a throwback, man. (laughs) Yeah, it is. We say it's a throwback. It was literally like last July. (laughs) We've watched a lot of shows. I know, we've watched a shit ton of shows. Six Sides of Steel from the Asylum. The first ever Six Sides of Steel. That's a good match. Look at this. Chase Stevens with the moonsault off the top. This is from, now this is uh, in bag. This Sunday night, the next chapter unfolds. Um, I'd like to say, though, that was not as good of a video package as the AJ Styles one, but it was a very different well, one. Well, and, and you notice at the end there, they didn't show Candido putting him on top. Right. Um, an exclusive interview coming up next oh, with Tito Ortiz. But you were going to say something during that video package. Oh, man, I, I don't remember what it was. There's a lot going on. Damn it. I guess I'm just fascinated that they're, the history is there, like you just said, and not with Styles and Jarrett. I mean, I wonder if it's because they want AJ to be like the underdog. And then if it's like, oh, hey, he's already beaten him like, like a couple of times. Then right. How much of an underdog can he be? Okay, let's hear this Tito Ortiz interview, man. 
He wants to be a mixture of Tito Santana and Superfly Snuka if he was a wrestler. I would have loved if he was like, oh, yeah, you know, John Cena, Batista, John Michaels, they're my favorites. Tito on the UFC. He goes, you know, it's business, man. The big shark trying to kill the little shark. Everything will be worked out in the long run and everyone will be happy. Is he like in a, not in a good place for UFC at this point? I don't really know. That. No, he still fights for UFC for a few years. Uh, after okay. He said he's trying to establish everything he works for, blah, blah, blah. But coming to TNA. Yeah, but how is him as a special enforcer establishing anything for TNA? I mean, he it's didn't not... even appear in the impact zone. I think that's pretty messed up. I think that they should have figured out a way to do that. Yeah, because like, oh, wow, I get to watch a Tito Ortiz interview. That's going to put TNA on the map. Wow, dude, we're seeing some wicked old footage there. Oh, Ken Shamrock. Oh, he's making threats yeah. to Ken Shamrock. He doesn't like Ken Shamrock. They have he, a legit beef. He's, uh, they've been, he's been laughing, smiling during this entire interview. Yeah. Oh, they were showing the, the spiral tap where he landed on the face. You like the music in the background? It's oh, very... <laughs> that what, sounds like music like Jorge Estrada would come out to in like the uh, asylum. I feel like it's like I feel like I I went to a Mexican restaurant recently and that's yeah, what was lightly playing in the background. It's like ooh, these that's are really what it sounds these like. are these are really good tacos. Right, like if Juventud Guerrero had a talk show, like that would be his theme music. Yeah, and it's like soothing. It's really nice. Which oh, goes see, like against all of what Tito is. He's not very soothing. He's <laughs> he sounds very soft-spoken and nice in this interview, though. He has hair. Well, watch some UFC, and you'll. I've never seen one of his fights. I like watching the ones where he gets his ass kicked and he cries. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Tito, can you help me with one thing? This is Dusty. Can you bring hard justice to my match? I was... Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. I wonder how much they had to pay Tito Ortiz for this. That's a really good question. We've seen that world title graphic and then in the middle, boom, Tito Ortiz pops right in. Referee. Okay, Bob, another video package. Guys, we are 28 minutes and 16 seconds into this show here. Raven, come on. We can have our followings together. Come on, Jeff. I just want to point out, Bob, we... I, I took a quick little preview. And we're going to talk about this at the end of the show. I took a quick little preview of the card for Hard Justice. We don't know more than half of the show. And this is the go-home episode, and we are more than halfway through. That's a good point. I just find that super interesting. So we know about this House of Fun match, Jeff Hardy versus Raven. We know the tag team title match, Naturals versus America's Most Wanted. We know Styles versus Jarrett, Tito Ortiz. And we know about the gauntlet for the gold. Is that enough to make you buy it at this point? Um, 
I mean, there's some big matches, but. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd buy it for AJ chair just because I know AJ. There's no mystery there. You know, I don't I, know if you know like, why I'd consider what? Because I know the naturals in America most wanted are going to kill it. Um, yeah. And like, I obviously like Raven beating ass. So Raven house of fun. I mean, how can you go around with that? You know, I, I it would probably be a situation where I'd be like Dallas, let's split it. Yeah. I mean, that, I don't think I'd fair. pay the full 30 bucks on my own. I don't like doing that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather split it with someone. Because you're right. I mean, AMW Naturals will be good. Jarrett and Styles will probably still have a good match. Uh, clockwork between Hardy and Raven would probably be fun. So, yeah, there's probably enough to be, like, you know, worth my night. So it is written, so it shall come to pass. Will the Raven nevermore? House of Fun. They just call it a House of Fun, not a clockwork. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Here, Michael Shane. Is he with Trinity or Tracy? Or neither? Uh, Apparently neither. Okay. There you go. Kind of weird. girl again. There she is. Mystery woman. And now, if I'm not mistaken, this is our main event, so. Yeah, this is the uh, preview. Our our preview. Oh. Hail Saban. Oh, he's running. Okay, we're starting. Oh, my God. Look at the bandage on his head. Yeah, what is up with that? I thought he was on the phone. Oh, remember, he took three super kicks. So his jaw is like held shut with the bandage. I think Are it you serious. It sounds corny. Here's the thing: if his if it's not wrapped up at hard justice, why are we doing this? Yeah, exactly. Throwing punches, even holding it, dude. Is that that's literally what they're saying? Is because of the super kicks? No, I think that is what it is, though. And Trinity just came in the ring. Why? I don't know. To push him. I think, I think she's looking for Tracy. Oh, yeah. there she is. Did he just take the wrap off? Um, yeah, he did. Um, let me give you a few more things here to to enjoy. Yeah, I'm not going to do indie notes for this match because there's ten guys. So we'll just uh, we'll just do your notes. Go ahead. Okay, fine. Uh, both DDP and Sean Waltman are in a very weird position right now with the company because DDP hasn't been used because they can't afford him uh, right now. Uh, he has claimed that TNA was paying him more than WWE was when he was working regularly there. What? Apparently. Uh, and Waltman is refusing to come back until they make good on the pay that he claims that they uh, that he's owed. Uh, he has been told that they're going to get it to him, but um, he hasn't been seen on TV in, in weeks. And obviously, he just worked that pay-per-view. So. Um, I got in that interview with Shane Douglas talking about Chris Candido. Well, how, how little was WWE paying him? That's what I'm wondering. Because I think we heard, doesn't, isn't DDP, wasn't it like 5,000? An appearance? For I think that, yeah. That's what I think it was. So, like, I don't know. It's that true. doesn't surprise I mean, I, I don't know how much you would make per shot in WWE, but I don't think it's five grand. Yeah. For a guy like DDP. So he's probably, yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, next person's coming out. Hold on. I can't continue just yet. 
Oh, it's Team Canada. It's probably P.D. Williams. Oh, no, Bobby Roode. Um, so the Shane Douglas interview on WrestleTalk Radio uh, regarding the untimely death of Chris Candido. Uh, he said he was going to be doing some sort of memorial deal for Chris and other wrestlers who have died recently at the Hardcore Homecoming ECW show this June. He said that Candido was actually going to be scheduled to work Too Cold Scorpio on the show. Uh, he talked about how Candido was afraid to miss TNA tapings after getting hurt because he didn't want to lose his spot. Uh, Douglas, oh, and now here comes P.D. Williams. What is the time? Is it just a minute or something? It no, must be. It must 30 be. 30 seconds. Um, Douglas and D- said that Dusty told everyone to keep an eye out for him when he first came back to the company. And he said that he told Candido only way he'd lose his spot if he let his demons back into his life. Uh, Candido said that his life was too great right now to let that happen. Uh, he said that in the hospital after the injury that Candino wanted to make it clear that in no way did he blame Sonny Siaki for what happened. But as you can probably figure, Siaki is devastated. Oh, uh, yeah, of course he is. Who just came David out? David Young. This is every 30 seconds somebody else comes out. So David Young has uh, come out now as well. Oh, PD excellent hit Bobby Roode. And he's holding him. Look at that. Oh, Insiguri and oh, that's got it. Oh, man. PD's hair is getting pretty long. He has it then like in the little button. That's what I'm going for with my hair. You're getting there, man. Oh, Holy my fucking shit. God, dude. Fucking Triton. Triton. He's and about he's to wearing... win this. Oh, no, he's got actually, like, good tights now. He used to just wear just plain black. Now he's got his little logo on him. That's right. David Young's wearing trunks, too. What the heck? David Young has been wearing trunks, though, lately. Oh, Triton threw out David Young. I'm telling you, Triton, he's about to win this whole thing. Oh, my God. Oh, there was no Shane. And now he's in with just Petey Williams. A1. <laughs> A1. Oh! Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, chokes on Petey Williams. I was going to say Petey's feet didn't technically hit the ground. Oh, Chris Saban's in there still. Look at why is A1 going so slow. Yeah, how is he not in the ring? Look at, look at he's still going. Oh, nice Hurricane Rana by Saban. I forgot that Saban was in this. Who's this? Lance Hoyt. Lance Hoyt. Dude, the, do you hear the crowd? The women are going nuts for this guy. Dude, they're all chanting for Hoyt. He's popular. Until, um, he, gets I, hit, until he gets hit by Triton with a big boot. Right. I think I have one final note for you. Um, I'm double-checking real quick as... Literally, I think another person's about to come out. Yeah, I have one more note. Oh, it's Abyss. Oh, boy. Okay, so the New York Times, of all sources, had a story. Oh, oh with a big oh. boot to eliminate Triton. Damn. Oh, Abyss cleaning house here. Big boot, clothesline. Clothesline. Um, they did a story about former Survivor contestants, so you can see where this is going. Johnny Fairplay. Um, when it came to Johnny Fairplay, they said that he earned $100,000 for eight shots in TNA. Um, Dave says that he knows that the contract was 26 dates, but they rarely used him. Um, Fairplay claimed that in the article that he sleeps whenever with whomever. Uh, he claimed that he made $7,500 per shot in personal appearance gigs every weekend, uh, which is what he claims. Um, and there's a big photo piece with Fair Play being slammed by Brian Urlacher. So there was like a TNA photo involved as well. Uh, Apollo's uh, out here now. But. Yeah, Apollo going after uh, 
Abyss with a savant kick. Neckbreaker to Hoyt. And Saban's going to have a tilt-a-world slam. Oh, we're taking a commercial break here. We're 37 minutes, 20 seconds into the so show. That must mean there's nobody else coming out then. Right? How can you take a commercial break with every 30 seconds? Yeah, yeah this has got to be it. Okay, so Bob. Wait, first off, who got eliminated first? Bobby Roode, I think, got eliminated first. Was it Bobby Roode? Okay. So Bobby Roode's entering first in two days at Hard Justice, and we're going to see who is entering last, do you think? I feel like it's got to be Abyss, right? I would have to think so. If, if it's not Abyss, then probably Hoyt. Dude, the crowd was going nuts for Hoyt. Oh, there was Apollo. Oh, well, Good thing Apollo. we didn't guess him. Yeah. Uh, no, I would have, yeah, Abyss probably. Although I feel like the, you would want the last guy to be a babyface, wouldn't you? No, that's a good point. Well, then it's got to be Saban. And, oh, see, he keeps holding on, though. You know what? I think it's going to be Abyss. So do I. Double dropkick to Hoy and Abyss by Saban there. Bob, I have really exciting news that I didn't even realize until this far into the show. This is the 50th, 50th episode of Impact. Oh, and they did nothing special for it. Nah, dude. Oh, there goes Saban. It's definitely Abyss. It's gotta be. But the crowd wants Hoyt, for the record. Right, so you should probably maybe have Hoyt go over. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I probably would. And if they're kind of trying to push him as a babyface, it still would make sense that he is the last one that goes in. You could have Hoyt win, and then Abyss just lose his fucking mind. Oh, here we go. Hoyt off the rope, and... Back body drop. There he goes. Okay. Well, it's a best. Oh, oh shit. shit. It's a pinfall submission because right. it's a preview of going for the Damn gold. It. Oh, Bob. So this is probably like us thinking that he won. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Thank you, Don West, for that. Yeah. Wow. They got we, me with that one. They got me. Yeah, we were not paying attention on that one. Jeez. Wow. They got me. Irish whip. Oh, right into the guardrail. It moves the entire thing. Abyss using that weight advantage. Hoy, hoy, hoy. Let's go, hoy. They're just rolling around ringside here. There's 18 minutes left in the match, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not. Those fans are losing their mind. I feel like Lance Hoy and Jeff Hardy should be a tag team. I could see that working. Hoy, 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 Hoy. Dude, they want Hoy to win. They even just made a point in commentary to mention, like, people in the impact zone are loving Hoy right now. Yeah. 
Here comes Abyss with a big splash into the corner. But you know, that's the problem when you have the your show at the same venue. Like they're gonna like certain people that you're not gonna necessarily want to push for your broader audience. Yeah, that's a good point. Or a bigger audience, I should say. They're running down the card for this seems like they just cut something out. They absolutely did. Because they went to the crowd and Irish whip again. And, and they redid the spot. Yeah. Okay. So it was a shoulder butt. At least that part was. I hate how he's slapping his leg on those punches. Yeah. Oh, shit. I go back elbow by Hoyt there. As the came off the rope. Now Abyss is up in the corner. Let's see. Are we going to see a splash? Are we going to see a big boot? And, oh, Abyss got the foot up. doesn't matter. Here comes Abyss. Oh, big side slam. Kick out at two, man. Kick Can't keep Abyss down. I hope D'Lo Brown returns and got one for the goal. D'Lo. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? That's the real deal now. Down with the brown. <laughs> Off the rope. Oh, he got caught in a choke slam. Let's see. He's going to hit it. And boom. There it is. There's no way he's winning with a choke slam. No, didn't think so. Well, you should have went for the big Sid Vicious big boot off the middle rope while he was oh, up there. Oh, yeah, because you want him to just injure himself. It's great. He might do it better, though. He might not get injured. Hoyt, thrown into the corner, gets that boot up on Abyss, and here he goes. I don't think I've ever seen... Oh, shit, don't do it. Okay. I thought he was going to do the big boot. I don't think I've ever seen anybody attempt a a middle rope big boot since or before Sid did it. Yeah, there's a good fucking reason, because it's stupid. That's why... Oh, look, he's going to the top. He's going to hit that moonsault. And he does. Nice. This could be it. One... Two. Oh, oh shit. no. I mean, do you think Sid is really dumb enough that they were like, do a big boot from the middle rope? And he's like, that's a good idea. No, he didn't want to do it. Yeah, because it sounds stupid. He oh, the naturals. naturals. Yeah, no, they forced. He was like, no, I'm not doing that. And they're like, no, you have to. It's really important. And he's like, fuck, okay. And he did it. And he broke his leg. Yeah. Well, and then he got go. kicked in the head by Scott Snyder. Yeah, black hole slam. Oh, there we go. One, two, three. Okay. Abyss is the final entrant into Gauntlet for the Gold at Hard Justice in just two days. You probably just... I just have Hoyt win that. Yeah. I'm just saying it right now. I'm calling it early. If Abyss wins, then they don't know what to do. They're lost. Because he keeps getting number one contender ch- chances, and then he loses. We just went off the air, by the way. Yeah, I, I uh, tend to agree with you. Uh, well, Bob, what did you think of that episode? Our go-home show for uh, Hard Justice. Um, I don't think it really did anything for me. I don't. There was a lot of video packages to like remind me about feuds that I already know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the Tito thing was exactly what we thought it was. It was just a yep. longer form of Eclipse that we've already seen. Yep. So I'm going to say that this is for a go-home show. 
I got. I think I give it a thumbs down. That's really disappointing that Bob would do that to us here, guys. But um, I understand. I get it. I don't know if it was bad enough for me to say it was a thumbs down. Uh, I see where you're coming from, of course, especially just, if you go home show. Yeah, I feel like at a, on a go home show, you need you need something that's like, oh shit, I gotta see what's gonna happen at the pay per view. Right. So like for me. Like, Gauntlet for the Gold seems like a perfect opportunity for a big name to be coming in. As, like, a surprise or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, if if that were the case, then maybe on the show, like, you could at least tease that. If that were to be the case. Now, if it's not, then it doesn't matter. But, well, give me something. Yeah, I um, I don't, I, I mean, I can't deny that this was not a super strong show, especially for our go home show. So I'm gonna say a thumbs in the middle. I don't think it was like awful. So which of course just means that it was a thumbs down show, uh, which ruins our newest streak. But you know what? All the good things come to an end again, uh, which is pretty disappointing. But you know what? Sometimes it's just how it is. I also feel like there's just more they could have done with just three weeks worth of build. I mean, we literally had three episodes of impact before another pay per view. I mean, you got to make people interested. If you want someone to buy Lockdown and then also Hard Justice within three weeks of each other, they better be pretty fucking interesting. We know, what did I say, four matches? Yeah. We don't know a whole lot. And there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches on the card. We know four. And one of them's a battle royal. It's gone for the gold. I guess at least we know our title matches. Yeah, but you know what? This is a pay-per-view that feels like how WCW... Oh, wait, we know five. We know five, sorry. WCW used to start their pay-per-views literally with uh, Shivani, Heenan, and Tanae telling you what you're about to watch as if they know, hey, we know you don't know what's going on the show tonight. Yeah, I don't like that. Aside from the main event. Like, I'll never forget Sold Out 2000. The first 20 minutes was like, oh, hey, here's the card. Dude, and that's one thing that, like, kills me when we'd watch some of these WCW shows on Icopod for bonus shows. It's like, holy shit, we're 20 minutes in and there's just talking. Right. Like, what are we doing? I mean, on this these three weeks, now you mentioned, like, they didn't have, they didn't use DDP because they couldn't afford them. But, like, we didn't see DDP at all. We didn't see Monty Brown at all. Nope. Um... So we have to assume that we're not going to see them at the pay-per-view. I, I would it's, assume. It's safe to assume that, right? We didn't see Sean Waltman, so he's off. Kevin Nash is gone doing the movie, so that he's gone. Um, I think this just adds to my theory that I mentioned last week, where Hard Justice is a throwaway pay-per-view for TNA, and um, it's just here we are. No big names, no big things going on. It just exists. Yeah, and like the selling point... like. T- you said earlier, like Dusty's whole thing was like, you got to find something out of the box coming off of a all cage match show. And like for him to come out of the box with a special referee with a UFC fighter that doesn't know TNA. Mm -hmm. To me, that's not really out of the box. Right. You know, that's kind of lackluster. So, Yeah, it's um, it's kind of weird, but 
needless to say, we uh, we got two days, man, and we are covering hard justice. Uh, I mean, at least the pay-per-view shows are fun because they're pay-per-view shows, and we get to see some longer-form matches, and we get to kind of sit back and enjoy what hopefully will be a fairly strong pay-per-view, even if we don't really know what's going on on paper. I would say going into it, this is probably the least exciting that we've seen so far. Um, just because, you know, we don't know half of it and the specifically even the main event isn't like super intriguing to us. Uh, I'll also add on the exhibition title is not very interesting either because I don't really care about Shocker, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, clearly that's another, that's a dusty guy. That's a dusty thing. And if he's out as Booker, I don't think that similar to like, um, similar to uh, Dust, uh, Dustin and um, Phi Delta Slam, <laughs> they're not going to be sticking around here. Yeah, I have to assume. Not very much, but I guess I guess we'll see. I don't know. But well, I'm excited for pay per view day. Uh, yeah, I mean pay per view. You know, we're, I'm sitting here saying like there's not a whole lot interesting, but you know, pay per views are a different feel. I mean, there are some things to be excited about. Like I think the Naturals and AMW is something to look forward to, and you know whether or not the promotion for Jared Styles has been good or not. Or if it makes really any sense to longtime TNA fans of why we're seemingly ignoring the past. Like I feel like they will have at least a decent match. Right. Um so there's that. And then the Clockwork Orange or just the House of Fun match between Raven and Jeff Jarrett. So I mean there are some things to be excited about, but I, I think ultimately what it comes down to is that they only had three weeks of build. And they couldn't cram enough in to really mm-hmm. get you pumped up for it. Yeah, that's exactly if, what I think, too. If they had that extra week or something, maybe it would be a little different. But this wasn't the case. So, uh, All right. Well, our next show is on May 15th, just in a couple of days. And it is Hard Justice. Can AJ Styles end this near-year reign of terror of Jeff Jarrett? We'll be watching it. All that and much, much more. And plus, what is the fallout going to be from Hard Justice? What is going to go on with the networks? Is it going to be WGN? Do we got to wait till October? What are we going to potentially have to watch for a potential off-air weeks of of TNA? Who knows? All those questions will hopefully be answered in the coming weeks. But until then. Dale Scribbly. I am Bob Collins Jr. And this has been the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Mm-hmm.